I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. One size fits all seems like a good idea for clothes until you try them on. Same goes for healthcare. That's why United Healthcare offers flexible, budget-friendly coverage for medical, vision, dental, and more. Learn more at uh1.com. There's never been a faster or easier way to start your weight loss journey than with PlushCare. PlushCare accepts most insurance plans and gives you online access to board-certified physicians who can prescribe FDA-approved weight loss medications like Wigovi and ZepBound for those who qualify. Take charge of your health and speak with a board-certified physician about a weight loss plan that's right for you. Get started today at PlushCare.com slash weight loss. That's PlushCare.com slash weight loss. PlushCare.com slash weight loss. And so I was like, I'm going to make a list. And initially, that's all it started as. Here's a list of things I want to do. I'm going to make a video of all the stuff, and I'm going to put it up, and that's going to be the end of it. I'm just, and I, I, at the start, I think the intro was even like, I'm giving myself two years to do all the coolest things in Ireland. And I love doing off-the-beaten-track stuff. So about a year or two later, I wrestled an alligator in, in um, Killarney Reptile Zoo. So they allow you to wrestle their alligators if you're doing it for charity, if you're raising money for charity. So obviously not everyone can go in and wrestle the alligator. It's where alligator <laughs> oh, we wreck. Um, Hello and welcome to A Life in Dublin. I'm your host, Mark. And with your permission, we'd love this podcast to be your digital companion for the next little bit at least. In this chat, myself and Monica were joined by Claire Cullen, a.k.a. Clizair. Claire is an award-winning Irish YouTuber. You can find a link to her main YouTube page in the description of this episode, through which you'll find links to all the different places you can find Claire's content. In this chat, we talk about how she turned her passion into a career as a full-time content creator, how and why she ended up wrestling an alligator, unearthing Ireland's most underappreciated county, and how she integrated into her life here in Dublin. As always, I am very grateful to you, yes you, for taking the time to tune in. Thank you so much for all the lovely messages you're sending in from all over the world. It's amazing to learn all of the different types of people who are listening to us, and although we are all listening at different times and from very different places, I'm grateful that in some way, shape or form, this podcast is bringing us all together. Please feel free to get in touch with myself to tell me more about who you are and where you're listening from. And thanks again to all those incredibly kind folks who have rated, reviewed, commented or shared this podcast. It really does mean the world to me. But now here's my conversation with Claire. Well, you see, streaming is a relatively recent development. Yeah. Um, But I've been making YouTube videos for like 12 years now. Wow. I think about that um, and so how I got into that was I finished college and it was the recession and I couldn't get a job and I'd just done a degree in journalism so like making videos and stuff was very fresh in my mind because I'd um, I had specialised in TV and radio uh-huh. so I'd learned how to edit I'd done all you know learned how to film all that kind of stuff um, and then I was just watching a lot of YouTube and there was a YouTuber called Jenna Marbles um, who was like the only at the time really kind of popular a female comedy sketch creator online. Okay. Um, and so I just remember watching her stuff and being like, I would love to do this. Mm. And then 
eventually I did yeah and she she had a macbook and she just shot it using the camera on the macbook so she'd like prop the macbook up on things and mm. y- you you know <laughs> yeah like makeshift tripods and stuff and I had a macbook too from college and I was like well like if she can do it like I can do it and uh, yeah so she inspired me and then I started making comedy sketches and just over the years it's transitioned and changed into what it is now which is where I create kind of more vlog and travel content I travel around Ireland finding the coolest things to do in a series called the Irish Bucket List Um, and then I've recently started a series more recently started a series where I travel around finding the quirkiest Airbnbs Oh, nice. In a series called Era B&B, which oh, I'm yeah. very proud of, that name. <laughs> and uh, then I do, like, just life vlogs, because during COVID I started just vlogging, um, yeah. and, I, and I got a lot of people following for that, so I keep those up as well. And so it's kind of, that's kind of what I'm doing now. And then during COVID as well, I picked up the streaming. That's when I kind of got into streaming. Cool. Um, because I couldn't go out and I couldn't shoot stuff for YouTube. And I was making vlogs. I called them Corona vlogs at the time. Mm. Um um, but I had a lot of time to kill and a lot of creative energy that wasn't being spent. Yeah. Um, and I, so I started streaming. And what I will say, not that you asked, sorry, but just as while I'm in the flow of it, yeah. streaming, the, the learning curve on streaming is way higher. Really? Than the learning curve wow. on, in my opinion, for creating YouTube videos or, or like or TikToks or anything like that. Because I suppose it's gotten easier now with the vertical platforms where you can use your phone and phones have gotten so good. Yeah. But like when I started, as I said, I was using a MacBook, propping it up on mad things, you know, uh, shooting it on um, the built in thing on the MacBook. Is it Photo Booth? And then you were putting it yeah. into iMovie, which came for free as well. I'm a little bit lost, sorry, because maybe I'm the language streaming. What I mean, like streaming, like doing live videos. Yeah, live yeah. streaming. Live videos. It's a bit with gaming as well, so ah, okay. so there's well there'd be two aspects. Obviously, the YouTube is is would you call that streaming? I guess not, but uh, the gaming aspect I would call the gaming aspect streaming. Uh, well, can I just explain it? Yeah, of course. Yeah, so you've got VODs, which are video on demand. Okay. So that's when you like watch a video on YouTube that you can watch again, and it's not live. The person's not making it as you're watching it. So that's a VOD. Okay. Um, if you do a stream and then you make it into a video afterwards, that's then also a VOD. So anything that's not live is referred to as a VOD on both platforms. Um, but on then on either one, I suppose, but I stream on Twitch. When you're live streaming, you're live. So you've got a camera on you and everything's live and people are interacting with you. And that's why people like it. Maybe not more, but that's why some people prefer streaming to watching because you can yeah you can send them a message and they'll read it out and they'll react and it mm, cool. it kind of engagement. exactly and there's like there's a different community that you can create on both platforms you can create quite a close knit community on both but I really do think that like Twitch is probably a much more direct or live streaming I should say because lots of people live stream on YouTube um, but it's especially when you're a smaller creator, it's really, really personal. Because, you know, like at this point, I'd nearly know all my Twitch subscribers by name. Like I would have them, they'd come in, there'd be a good few that would come in every stream. Mm. And I would just be like, oh, well, what's up? And I kind of nearly know their life story because they'd always message me. Um, they'd always leave messages in the chat. And because I'm a small streamer, I can read everything that comes into me. Mm. Now, obviously, if you've hundreds of thousands of followers, it's very different and you're only reading the odd message. Yeah. But for small streaming, and that's why you mentioned a Discord earlier. So I have mm. a Discord for patrons. So I do, I make the YouTube videos and I live stream on Twitch. 
and the reason I chose to live stream on Twitch was because I felt that the community and the audience that I had on YouTube may not react well to a live stream. Mm. It may not be what they're looking for because they come to me for a curated, punchy kind of travel content. Yeah. And I was like, I'm not sure that they're going to want to watch me regularly, like sit down. And so more, maybe more out of fear for hurting the growth of my YouTube channel, I went to Twitch and I was like, I'll try it on Twitch and I'll promote that I'm streaming on Twitch. And also, especially during COVID, Twitch was like the live streaming platform. Yeah. Now there's a bit more competition. A couple of really big live streamers have moved to Twitch, to, sorry, to YouTube. So I feel like it's more expected now on YouTube than maybe it was three years ago. But uh, I just felt like Twitch was like the place for live streaming. People are on that platform to watch live streams. And I was like, I feel like that's what, where I should try it. Yeah. So I went to Twitch. And then, so YouTube and Twitch are both monetized very differently, but neither of them I could live off. Okay. Um, and even together, I couldn't live off them. So I have a Patreon and I'm oh, funded. Amazing. It's community funded. And that's what the, the Discord is one of the um, rewards on the Patreon. So if you either become a patron or if you become a paid Twitch subscriber, which is where you, on Twitch you pay $5 to subscribe to somebody yeah. for the month, which means that you don't get served ads on their streams because the ad experience on Twitch is incredibly um, not user-friendly. Like it's incredibly interrupting to okay. your... And it's, it's designed to be annoying so that you don't want to do it. Right. So you can subscribe for free with Prime. If you've got Amazon Prime, you get a free subscription to one person a month on Twitch. So you can use that and I still get paid. Uh -huh. um, or you can pay. You pay $5 American, the, the streamer gets a percentage of that. I'm not 100% sure. If you, I'm pretty sure it's common knowledge is 50%, but I okay. maybe it isn't. But, <laughs> and if it isn't, then, then it's a different percentage. I don't know. <laughs> Google it and figure it out. Yeah. Um, but it's so, we just say the streamer gets less. Okay? okay. So I didn't say what it was. You looked it up on Google yourself. Yeah. Um, but... Uh, so yeah, so I have a Patreon and Discord is one of those one of those rewards. So I try to do things like sometimes I do extended cuts of my videos. Mm. Um, I'll do extra videos. Um, I've got the Discord it's, stuff like that. It's so much content to be making. Um, yeah, I actually said this to my husband the other day. I was like looking back at my stuff and I was like, God, I just like pump out content. I was yeah, like, so but that's much. a talent that because yeah. I find it. Uh, I'm not in the game let's just say I'm not like for me doing a podcast which is this which is and then it's the post and it's the pre which I also had a video podcast for like five years oh, it's yeah. on a break because I was like I, this is actually too much <laughs> yeah I, I have found this uh, quite a lot I'm, I'm, I'm not struggling with it at the moment but it's I'm, I'm hanging in there in terms of like just being able to have a job and, and do this at the same time it's yeah and quite... I did that for years so for up until COVID I was full time working and kind of keeping the YouTube channel taking over. Yeah. Um, and actually, my last job before I went freelance, self-employed, whatever you want to call it, mm. uh, unemployed, some people call it, <laughs> uh, was actually at YouTube, and I worked at YouTube Originals. Oh, wow. So I was a digital content manager at YouTube Originals. Wow. And so cool that job. was like their Netflix kind of competitor. Um, and I was I was like really back end, back end, like it was post post production. So I was like working in the back end of YouTube and stuff. So I have a very good understanding of how the back end works now. Um, but I oh, missed incredible. making content so much. And the weird thing was when I started working at YouTube, I eased off my own YouTube videos because I got the impression, and I like I don't I don't know if I was correct on this, but like I got the impression that it was kind of like a weird line where they don't really they didn't they kind of 
I felt like they didn't really want people making YouTube videos if they worked at YouTube, if you know what I mean. Really? And maybe that was just me making assumptions, but it just felt really weird. And so I, I eased off my own videos. I, I actually stopped making them. I thought that that was it for me. I thought, like, look, I've, I'm working with for YouTube now. This is yeah. my career now going forward. And um, but then I just missed it so much. And I was like, I kept coming up with ideas and I kept being like, God, I'd love to make a video about that. And then... I ended up starting making them again and, and then nobody seemed to have an issue with it so I kept doing it and then um, I started working on, there was a couple of original series on YouTube Originals um, okay. where they worked with YouTubers and they created this big production and one of them was James Charles Instant Influencer. Okay. And so what I was doing was like really back end stuff. I was basically making it work on the platform, you know, because the, you, you, you get given this like, TV show, this like movie size mm -hmm. file, and you have to get it on YouTube. You wow. know what I mean? So it's and there was other things like legal requirements about how many different languages it had to be subtitled in, and then so I would wow. go and order those, and then I would manage them coming back, and then put them on the platform. So really, really like back end stuff. I right? really like yeah. lots of spreadsheets. Um, <laughs> but I was watching that show because I, I watched all the shows that I was involved in, and some of them I wasn't because um, I love watching YouTube is another thing yeah. I just love yeah. the platform and uh, I was like I don't know if you have heard of this show but basically the premise was they took like four people who were really really small content creators but that they thought were really talented content creators um, and it was a comp it was like RuPaul's Drag Race only for the winner got to be an influencer kind of thing so the winner they all built a massive following over the period of the show, but the winner got like a certain amount of money to like invest in equipment and, and team and stuff like that and become a proper content wow. creator. Like, and they all kind of came out of it with a couple hundred thousand followers. And the, wow. the girl who won, I think she got a million and like she's so massive now. And so, um, and, but I remember watching it and watching them being challenged to make stuff. And I just was like, I wish I was on it. Like, I yeah. wish I wasn't, you know, I wish I'd been involved, even in making it as a producer would have been fine but I was like I just want to be involved in making content again yeah. so then when COVID hit it kind of gave me the push that I needed because I was at home and I was like well if I can self-direct myself at home working for someone else yes I can do it for me and I was like let's just go for it so I saved and then for a bit and uh, then I just I went for it and it has worked out thus far and every day is, you know, every month is like, hopefully it still works. And then, you know, you keep going and now it's been, what, three years and... It's, I think with any business or any enterprise, like, like whether it's Monica with, she does secondhand clothing or, or whatever, it's, you always just have, there's that like test of faith is like, yeah. it's going to be okay. 100%, <laughs> yeah. Like, okay, I don't see where it's going to come or what's going to happen in a couple of months, but it'll be okay, it'll be okay. Yeah. Um. And, you know, that can be really tough at times. Uh, yeah. And, and it, it, you know, if you're tired or you're stressed or no, whatever. I don't think everyone, you know... Not everybody can do it. it. Exactly. No, yeah. but also not everybody wants to do it because, yeah, like, from talking to you, look, I can, like, just, like, the passion that you have for content and content creator, like, is, like, I'm just, like, sitting back here and going, like, wow. Like, that you couldn't... I don't think you could do anything else. Yeah, to it's a certain tough. Extent. It was tough, yeah. Um, um, and it's it's tough you know how do, like how to put it not I, working with other people is the wrong way to put it but like I just really need to be doing my own thing yeah and I I do like I have picked up quite a lot of freelance work here and there um 
you know, because my background's in journalism, I have worked in journalism, yeah. I have worked in producing TV, stuff like that. So I pick up freelance stuff here and there. Yeah. And I've also done stuff for fun. Like, yeah. so I do stuff just for total fun. It gets me a bit of money. You know, it's a day's work, but I only do it because it's fun. So like movie extras, I signed up to movie extras <laughs> and I've been an extra in loads of TV shows. And I oh, own, like I basically just do that for fun. And it like gets me this little bit of income, not a huge amount, um, but it's a day that I'm doing something and it's good crack. And like, the thing is, I'm like, what other kind of person in the 30s would just be like, oh yeah, I'm just going to randomly sign up to movie extras now and just kind of be the, the bottom of the barrel on a, on a TV set. But it's great crack. I imagine, and, yeah. Yeah, and like, even when you're kind of out in the rain, standing, shivering, like, it's actually good crack. Um, and I also, I lecture once a week then as well at... Uh, Griffith College actually so oh, and I lecture in content creation so that's a nice steady amazing. thing yeah. um, and then I've picked up some event work I've actually been getting into that lately I've been helping out with uh, the Helen Back runs and uh, some adventure oh, runs yeah. and stuff I'm like that to, well we're thinking about doing that I've done it once um, no you said it's Helen Back is like the, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> the obstacle race uh, well yeah. let me know what day you're doing it and I'll be there and then cheering <laughs> you on um, yeah. But yeah, so I do all this kind of little, pick up all this kind of work here and there to keep things ticking over and to keep myself keep things interesting happy that stuff is coming well. in, but also it's good fun. Like, So yeah. I, I really like that. Yeah. And, and I think also... No two days are the same. Exactly. And by doing lots of other little things, you're not putting too much pressure on your main thing. Yeah. Which I think is also really important. Yes. Um, because I took my passion and I turned it into my job. Yes. And so like you don't want to ruin you're right I love it but you yeah. don't want to kind of always be thinking yeah. about it or like or overdoing it so yeah. yeah it's nice to have I'll just go off and work an event one day yeah and then come back and get back into it you know what I mean yeah. so that's one thing that like listen who knows what's going to happen but this like is it's a hobby for me and I absolutely love doing it I've gotten to meet some amazing people and it's just great experience I love having these one-on-one -on -one conversations and I just I love it even I even like the editing part of it as well. I'm starting starting to grow on me a little yeah. bit more. Um, but sometimes I ask myself the question: If I had to, you know, if this was a performance based thing where I know that this had to reach a certain amount of people, etc., cetera, etc., cetera, would I enjoy it as much? Um, and I don't know because um, I might feel too much pressure. Yeah, that. well, what I will say is that I found over the years that's tough mentally as well mm. because not even in terms of like oh, it has to hit this many views to make this much money. Um, because what I make on particularly on YouTube is next to nothing, like you'd be shocked if I told you how little I make on YouTube, but yeah. that's why I have all these other monetization things in, in place so that I can continue to do it. But the thing is, like, it's even it's while it's not tied to income for me, it's not about like if I get a you know a hundred thousand less, I make significantly less or whatever. Um, it's more about you kind of start to tie your own value to the numbers without realizing, mm. and so you're like, well, I'm only getting five thousand a video now, and I used to get seven. What's this, what's wrong with me? Yeah. And you kind of have to become aware of that, yeah, and figure that, that out. That is not your fault either. Exactly, and like especially with the advent of shorts like my views are up massively yeah. um because they because they put them all together and like they say like so for example in the last 28 days i've had nearly 900,000 views on youtube now wow. only 250,000 of those are from long form content which is fairly average month okay. on month um but like 
it's a really inflated number and when you see like ooh 450,000 more than I normally get or whatever but you might have but like I've started uploading shorts and I've gotten a lot of, of, of traction on shorts but then you you know you can't really put too much weight on that either because are those shorts people really going to translate to your long form stuff and yeah. you know so you do have to kind of uh, distance yourself detach yourself from the numbers eventually and, mm. and kind of just focus more I've focused more on I think on community and trying to foster a community. So I like, because I'm, I know people look at my channel and they see 132,000 subscribers and they think she's not a small YouTuber. But actually, because I've been doing it over 12 years, like there is a big chunk of that that are no longer interested in what I do because I've really changed what I do. And for whatever reason, they haven't unsubscribed. But so it's kind of an evolving and changing. So that number really, I don't really care about. Can I swear in this podcast? Yeah, you I was going to say, I don't really give a fuck about it. Um, but... <laughs> It's more the like the the YouTube gives you a lot of really detailed analytics, mm. um, specifically in relation to watch time and returning viewers and stuff like that, and so those are the things that I use to measure the success of my channel more so, um, than subscriber numbers. Yeah. And I try to because I'm a small YouTuber, consider myself a small YouTuber, even if people don't. Um, I can respond to every comment. And I can heart every single comment. And so I do that. Yeah. Um, and I try to foster a community. And I try to drive people to my Patreon where I give them extra stuff. So like merch discounts and extra mm. content blooper reels. I do members only live streams over on Patreon. Mm. So on top of the live streams I'd be doing, you know, for public, I do private live streams over on Patreon. I let them submit video ideas. There's a much more like direct one-on-one -on -one with me kind yeah. of over on Patreon. So that's why community is so important to me because community yeah. is really what's enabling me to keep going because as the Patreon founder said, you know, when he founded Patreon, like the, the creator community or the cre creator ecosystem is fundamentally broken in terms Big of time. monetization yeah. and particularly if you're in Ireland um, like we, we don't have access to TikTok creator fund we don't have access to monetization on reels um, on Instagram we yeah. if we're aiming our content at other Irish people they are not a, um, a a demographic that is well paid that gives you a high CPM like you're Interesting. I yeah, yeah, so it, I mean, it follows marketing, but like specifically on YouTube, like I have found from looking at what has happened with me over the years, American audiences give higher returns, give higher CPMs. Um, because was that I, 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 but I was actually I was going to ask you at that as well because we yeah, well, there's, yeah, there's more people at the and women obviously more. more than men as well, but that's across the board, not so just I, America. I was just going to ask if. Um, for example with YouTube and Ireland like I was talking to somebody else about this Ireland is a, is a tiny you just mentioned numbers like 900,000 and you know Ireland has a a small population in and of itself and you're you're going to be playing to a percentage of that population anyway so YouTube obviously thankfully is a global platform do you find that the majority of your uh, subscribers people who watch etc a lot can happen in three years, like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri Term Medical Plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget friendly coverage that lasts nearly three years in some states. Learn more at uh1.com. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and t shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. 
Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas, big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST, code ACAST. Are, are outside of Ireland. Yes. So, and there's a specific reason for that. It's because I feature on a channel called the Tri Channel. Okay. So, um... I worked behind the scenes in, a, in an old YouTube channel in Ireland that shut down and uh, a number of the people that I met in that channel, um, they went on to start a new channel. And so the channel is called Try Channel and it's basically Irish people taste test X, Irish people try X, Irish people watch, react to, whatever. Um, so it is mostly taste test, but it's like Irish people drink Irish whiskey or whatever. Um, and so because I knew the people who started that, so I'm on camera in that one now. Okay. Um, and I appear every so often. And I get a, a lot of referral traffic from that. Okay. So they have a majority American audience because for whatever reason, and I don't really understand it, uh, because it's not the content I, I like to watch. I love making it. It's a great crack. You get to eat five things for free and just say like whether you like them or not, so it's brilliant. Um, but like... I don't really, I don't really, I'm not really into watching people eat stuff. So, but for whatever reason, Americans love to watch people crazy, try their stuff. Yeah. And so they have a really big American audience. And so I do get a lot of referral traffic then from that. Yeah. Um, so that has really helped me as well in my whole creator journey. Yeah. Um, and so as well, I think because I'm creating content then about Ireland. So even though it's, I suppose originally I thought I was making it for Irish people who wanted to find cool things to do. It has kind of, attracted naturally more tourists and more people yeah. who I, I would imagine. love to visit Ireland one day yeah. and uh, that has just ha- yeah even though it's kind of had my accident like that's kind of the way it's worked out so yes I, do, I would have um, a majority outside of Ireland audience yeah. a majority American audience but what I what I do like is I do love to see the, the Ireland numbers rising you know the percentages mm. of, of people from Ireland watching my stuff um, and whether, you know, regardless of whether or not the advertisers value them, I think it's really cool when Irish people watch or engage with my stuff. And, Absolutely, um, yeah. So, I've, you know, I have a good few in the community that I know. And, mm. um, yeah, so it's really, really cool. You must have, like, such a, a wealth of knowledge now because even, like, when uh, Monica's parents came over last, last year, I really, as an Irish person, really struggle because we don't often think of your own country as you know in terms of things to do in your own country or holidays in your own country etc um so when they come over i'm always get like a bit nervous because sometimes i'm doing like maybe tourist things with them but it's the first time i've ever done them in my life and i don't know if it's if it's good or not so yeah uh, so that was the original idea behind the irish bucket list was um because i started it years ago when i first came back from australia so i spent a year in australia Mm. and i did loads of touristy stuff yeah. And then I came home and I was like, God, I've done nothing yeah. in Ireland. And so I was like, I'm going to make a list. And initially that's all it started as. Here's a list of things I want to do. I'm going to make a video of all the stuff and I'm going to put it up. And that's going to be the end of it. I'm just, and I, I, at the start, I think the intro was even like, I'm giving myself two years to do all the coolest things in Ireland. And then it has just kept going because I'm like, no, I actually enjoy it so much. And there's so much to do. And I love doing off the beaten track stuff. So like one of the very first things I did was have tea at Father Ted's house. Yeah. Um, then I did like 
about a year or two later, I wrestled an alligator in in um, Killarney Reptile Zoo. So they allow you to wrestle their alligators if you're doing it for charity, if you're raising money for charity. So obviously not everyone can go in and wrestle the alligator. It's poor alligator <laughs> oh, we wrecked. Sorry, um, so, but if you're raising money for How charity... How big is the alli- alligator? It, it, alligator size, I don't know. And then, so <laughs> they have two and they let you wrestle Cece, I think was the one I was allowed to wrestle, the female one. Um, and uh, Which is funny because my initials are Cece as well. I laughed at that. Um, but yeah, so if you raise if you raise over a thousand for charity, they let you do that, oh, um, or at least they did, you know, five or six years ago. And so I say wrestled, but I just basically held on for dear life while she thrashed and <laughs> tried to get me off. Jeez, I would um, absolutely break and, myself. Yeah, and uh, it's something I should probably do again now that I'm much better at actually recording it because, like, you know, the video is okay, but like I definitely could do a better job these days. I'd be up for saying um, that. <laughs> but the one one I did recently was I went to the. Duro Scarecrow Festival I did last year okay, and I loved it like have yeah. you ever heard of the Duro Scarecrow Never. Festival yeah, neither did I and so basically I had training for the sport that I play down the country somewhere and someone drove through Duro on the way and she was like God, it's actually scared the shit out of me with all the scarecrows and I was like what are you what and she's like they have a scarecrow festival and so what it is is and then immediately then I was like the next year I think it was was it did I have to wait a year was it over or did I make it anyway as soon as I could go I went then and basically what it is is loads of people around the town make scarecrows and it's a competition and so there are scarecrows everywhere you look and they're like mental they're like like I I remember the one that was you know the way every time there's like a a week long festival in a country town they'll have you know like a centre and there'll be markets and stalls and everything so it's a proper like week long thing um, and there's just scarecrows everywhere. It's in the middle of summer, like there was nothing to do with Halloween or anything. And um, <laughs> then I, the one I remember was in the middle where there was like the bandstand and all these coffee places and all these stalls where kids were finger painting and stuff. And there was like a puppet show. Right in the middle, there was this giant Marilyn Monroe scarecrow. And it was huge. <laughs> and then it was the one, do you yeah, know the... Scarecrow is, um, so I can't remember the Spanish translation for that, but scarecrow is like... Um, it's made out of like straw and the, the purpose of it you put it in a field to scare birds ah, okay. yeah, yeah. And, but these are just novelty like ones and they're all over the town and so the Marilyn Monroe one was of the, her skirt being blown up you know the famous thing <laughs> yeah. so it's like so the scarecrow's holding the front of the skirt down and the back of the skirt is like propped up with wire or whatever yeah. and then on its arse it has like the safety regulations for the for the the, <laughs> the, the, the section they're in or whatever and I was like that is brilliant and that year that I went actually was the year that the two Johnnies had that catfish episode that went super viral oh, yeah. and so someone made a two Johnnies scarecrow in the middle of the oh, river amazing. and so the two of them were fishing in the river and they had signs saying is it a catfish or whatever <laughs> and so it was just brilliant and like so that one I live streamed and so I was I kind of mix it up like sometimes I'll live stream if I can get the coverage or whatever it's yeah. very difficult to live stream IRL but I'm kind of figuring it out okay. um, and then I'll normally make a video either first or as well as a stream um, and so yeah so that that kind of stuff what would you say is is Ireland's most underappreciated county ooh wow yeah. um, what county was I in love with recently I I will say I've been to loads of stuff in Tipperary because I've like our I've made jokes about going to Tipperary a million times like the running you know it's running joke on my channel that I do the whole oh, Tipperary yeah. it's a long way away uh, every time um, and so uh, but I love Tipperary and I love Kerry as well um, Mayo is a good one I've only one. been to Kerry once um, which Kerry is a West. terrible thing. I know but I'm giving you counties that are pretty are not really that underappreciated I would <laughs> Leash 
Oh, that one I would have said is highly underappreciated. Yeah, because, and please correct me if I'm wrong, but I'm pretty sure, and this is all off the top of my head now because I go to so many things, but I'm almost positive that Leash is the county that has Electric Picnic and the Ploughing and another festival that I went to, if it will ever come back to me what it is. The... If it doesn't have the steam threshing, the steam threshing is quite close. What is the steam threshing? So the steam threshing festival is this giant festival that I went to last year where there's like all these old tractors and I still don't know what steam threshing is, but it's something to do about with hay and the way that the tractor does the hay. I don't know, they were throwing hay into a load of vintage tractors, but the whole festival was enormous. There was this, Uh, the really famous like country music singer, Nick, Nathan Carter, Nathan, Nathan Carter. Carter was playing, and like there was people dancing, and it was just after wow. kind of we came out of COVID. Really, it was the first big event I'd been to. There must have been ten thousand people there. It was crazy. Wow. It was huge, oh my God, and it was I've like never heard of it a big before. part of it was like uh, was a market for selling bits and parts, of, and like so you had your you had your merch and you had your kind of like trinkets, and then you also had like parts of tractors, and then they also had an engine competition, a vintage engine competition. So the the rules were the engine had to be running. Like, so I had to work. <laughs> I had to work. But like, it was literally on a table. It wasn't in the thing anymore. It was on a table, but it was chugging away. Like, yeah. you know what I mean? It was mad. It was, that was great as well. Yeah. The funny thing about that one was I intended to stream that one, but when I went down, there was not a lick of coverage. There was so many people mm. and all the, wi- all the coverage was gone and their Wi-Fi wasn't working, so their ATMs didn't work either. Oh my God. So everybody had to have cash. It was wild. Yeah. Um, but it was, it was great, Craig. It saved me from spending a fortune at it, to be fair, because I had yeah. no cash on me. Yeah, so yeah. I was like, well, that's, that's the end of that now, because otherwise I would have went, went home with a load of tractor-themed like, key, <laughs> key rings and stuff. Um, but yeah, and then there was also like, art, uh, the same with any festival, there's like artisan local stalls selling like fleeces that they handmade and stuff. And yeah. So, it was class. So yeah, I would say Leash is, the, is probably there you the most go. Because I, I specifically remember having this moment where I was like, God, there is so much around here and I have never really yeah. counted this county as... And there must be so many of those little festivals because um, where, where Monica's from in Catalonia, like they've got such a strong uh, culture of like little villages having their own really weird little festivals. Oh, yeah. And uh, they are weird. No, They're weird in their own way. <laughs> they celebrated the day of the town or something. I, I don't know, I don't mean unique. like unique, exactly, as in exactly. you're, you're like traditional dancers. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. I didn't get away with that one. Um, <laughs> but I'm sure in Ireland there must be lots of little things like that as well. I've just never heard of it. Like that steam threshing thing, for example, I've never heard of it. Yeah. Duro's never heard so of it. So this is just constant. This is me like I'm constantly Googling, mm. searching on Instagram, like trying to find, searching on Eventbrite, searching on Facebook events even still. Like I'm always trying to find stuff. And then people start recommending stuff to me as well. And mm. like someone will comment on a video and say, oh my God, you should go to this. And then I, oh my God, write that down. So I have like notebooks all over the house where I've written down ideas. Like I have a WhatsApp where I WhatsApp mm. myself every time I, I see something thing or a poster for something so it's just constant voyage of discovery trying to find yeah whatever i can go to next and what i can do and what really has helped me actually last summer was i was really busy last summer because um mayo north tourism reached out to me now they're not for profit so it wasn't like a sponsorship or anything but they were like we would love you to highlight some stuff in mayo and i was like i'm from there so absolutely um and so then they they put me in touch with some people and some things i didn't know were down there and then i went and did them and that was absolutely brilliant and so that really really helps me so there's anybody listening that works in any kind of tourism thing yeah um that link up is key as well because it, it helps me 
find things absolutely um, yeah that well not only that people are interested in watching but also that people want because I think the one difficulty that I have sometimes is I don't want to be shoving a camera in someone's face that doesn't want to be on camera I don't want to you know what I mean yeah. so I'm trying to always kind of told that line and there are certain events where I actually reach out and I ask for media pass and sometimes they say yes and sometimes they say no uh-huh. um, and then there are other events that I kind of just go to but I'm always trying to make sure that I'm not overstepping a line so when I have that okay we would love you to make a video about this I'm like yes <laughs> okay yeah brilliant yeah, yeah. and then I probably get a little bit more access like somebody will be prepped and they'll know that I want to interview them or whatever yeah um, and that's great. Yeah, cool. Um, yeah. But yeah, there's a lot of me reaching out to people being like, can I come and make a video, please? Yeah. And uh, this is what I would need. You know, I want someone to talk to someone. I will say, sorry, I know I'm talking loads. I just that's get great. going. Once I get going, You're I get going. But, um, life so easy. <laughs> one, one thing I will say I feel that's really elevated my content in the last maybe year or more is uh, lapel microphones. Ah. So it has absolutely changed the game in terms of me being able to make a video about something. Like when I take tours now, I just mic up, I make sure they're okay with it, obviously, and then if they're okay with it, I mic up the host, the person doing the tour, yeah. and then I can take really clean sound bites from their tour. Amazing. And then it doesn't have to be totally reliant on me really retelling the story. Because otherwise, if you're just on a you know, point and shoot mic, which I was for so long, they turn away, you can't hear them. There's a bit of traffic, you can't yeah. hear them. Like, so it's totally elevated and changed. Do you have um, any I recommendations think, as to which one? Yes, I do actually, because I was just talking about this the other day. I just yeah. messaged someone the other day because RTE, of all things, were putting up a video. They've been putting up reels where they have a white uh, GoPro, what's it called? Go Road Mic Go. Oh, yeah. yeah. And so there's like a little square. It clips onto you and the other one clips into your camera. Okay. Um, so it's a much smaller, more compact version of what I used to use when I worked at places like The Independent or when I worked in journalism as a videographer. Yeah. I used to have the big one that you'd have to put on people's back and you'd feed it up mm. to the thing. And then, um, so that's a good, that was a good first step for me and that's what I originally had. I didn't have it in white, but that's why I sent him a message. I was like, why white? It's so in your face. Yeah. Like, um, <laughs> he was like, oh, I think that's the, the, I don't know, he didn't have an answer. But um, there was... I had, a, I had a black one, but it was kind of a big square here on your chest when you clipped it. Um, and that was the only drawback really of it. But I lost one of them, so I had to buy a new one. And I did loads of research and I came across this one called the Hollyland. Okay. And so the Holly, Hollyland, I think it's the Hollyland Lark. Okay. M or something. Basically, it's the one, it's got a receiver and two mics in it. Um, and so they're small little lapel mics. You just clip them to your shirt or whatever. They're much smaller than the Rode mic. Um, very similar sound quality. Really wow. great. And That's you can amazing. have two. And so what they do is they both come in on a different channel. So there's a little bit of editing involved afterwards. You, you know, you just have to double the channels or whatever. But, like, it's so handy for me um, because I can mic myself and the person I'm videoing. And then if I need to chime in, I can chime in. Or I can just have a backup one in case one dies or whatever. Um, and I just, I think they're really really excellent and I only paid like a hundred and something quid like I have put so much money over the years if I was to count it up I wouldn't really want to Um, over the Mm. years in trying budget technology and having it fail yeah and I didn't go for these because of the price I went for them because all of the reviews that I watched online were brilliant Mm. and 
they weren't that much they were cheap I think probably about 150 so they were cheaper than the road mic but only by about 50 60 quid um, and but the reason I went for it is because they had two I wanted two the road mic only had one at the time yeah um, and so it, yeah that is my recommendation and that's not sponsored or anything like that but I <laughs> No, I it's, it's genuinely because, rely on that yeah. on that little piece of kit now. It's brilliant. And what I did was I got a connection for it. It can go into my camera hmm. via the audio jack. So you have to obviously have to have a camera with an audio jack. Um, but so an SLR like yeah. Um, or uh, I had I also got a connection that can go into my phone. Yeah. So the connection that goes into my phone means I can use it with my phone and then I can live stream from my phone, which means I don't have to worry about an IRL, a really complicated IRL streaming setup. Mm. Um, and that has changed the game as well in terms of being able to be out and live stream stuff and be able to be heard. Because my one of my first IRL live streams was at the first, um, the first year there was a St. Patrick's Day parade after COVID. I was down in Clonakilty, Cork as well. Oh my god, I love <laughs> Cork. I know that's beautiful. not underrated either, but oh my god, I love Cork. Yeah, anyway, um, I was down in Clonakilty, West Cork in particular, and uh, I live streamed the parade, and it was just a little bit hard with all the noise and everything going on to hear me mm. over everything else. And so that really changes the game having that little lapel mic. Mm. You can still pick up all the atmosphere, but you are your voice is that bit louder, yeah. and they can actually hear you, yeah. and it changes the game. Yeah. So yeah. Hollyland Lark M1, I think I might have got the name wrong, but just if you look it up. It'll be the I'll one that can it, the one that can work with either uh, a desktop or a phone, depending on the connection you use. Is the one amazing. I'm talking about. Amazing. Yeah, and I just got it on Amazon. Amazing. Before you go, um, a couple of things about Dublin. Yes. You, you, you moved here. Yeah, sorry, I've been talking uh, about uh, analytics for an hour. Like, <laughs> <laughs> no, we've only got. I just a, get going once I get. We've going, only got sorry. a couple of minutes left, so we'll yeah. we'll, we'll we'll fly through this anyway. Um, one of your favourite spots to hang out in Dublin. And that could be hanging out of any type. It could be being in a pub, it could be a cafe, it could be sitting on a bench somewhere, um, or, or a specific region, even could be outside of the city centre. Um, I'm going to give you a bit of a different answer, if you don't mind. Of course. Um, so it's, it's kind of, it's not what you're looking for, but it's, you'll, see, you'll see where my thought process is in a second. So I, what I love about Dublin is that I played tag rugby here. Mm. And I didn't have that at home in Mayo. I wasn't like, I wasn't really... Into my, I wasn't good at any sports growing up. It's not that I wasn't into them. I wasn't good at them. And I wasn't good at GAA and I was too short for basketball. And mm. Which may was mad into basketball. Random. But anyway. Yeah. Um, <laughs> and uh, yeah, it was, in that time, it was massive. Yeah. Really weird. Anyway, um, and so I started playing tag rugby. And so like that community that I've joined there in Dublin is huge for me and has been huge in in for me to like transition where I feel like home mm -hmm. so now I feel like Dublin is home and that community like all my friends are true tag and um so I for that for that reason then I would probably have to say UCD because UCD is the number one place I play tag okay yeah. um now it's changing because the venues are changing but like yeah I feel like I know UCD like the back of my hand because I'm there you know three times a week for the last eight or so years wow. playing tag yeah um, and there's different like I, I've got so I have a few friends who would be into that I don't know if they play anymore um, but there's isn't there there's the festival down in, is it Clare uh, or Kerry Sorry. I presume you're talking about the one in Limerick the Pig and Porter Festival there's that one is there not one on a beach as well Banna beach, Banna beach in Kerry yeah yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, yeah they've all had such great stories but like that is from talking to people who have moved to Dublin or even moving anywhere finding that 
community through a hobby yeah is is very important um and I no, think it's the, huge, yeah. the thing that obviously that you did is you were proactive about that so you actively joined something um and I think a lot of people who listen to this I think it's good advice and people can take that away because you it's not going to happen for you it, absolutely yeah, unfortunately and, like I was lucky that so the reason I moved to Dublin was because I met a Dublin man mm. well sorry I was in college here but I was always planning on going home and then I met a Dublin man and didn't go home yeah. um, <laughs> and so he actually was playing rugby and then on the off season playing tag and so that's how I got into it so I was lucky in that way yeah um but they are working on because I'd be very involved now in the whole setup and I know that they're working on ways constantly they're offering new ways as individuals to sign up so people can come now as individuals and sign up and be placed on a team and get in that way they don't you don't have to know somebody to start yeah and I definitely would recommend it because it really has shaped my whole Dublin experience it's um it's kind of changed me as well I feel like it's been a big part of my my growth as a person because like as I've over the years I've transitioned from someone who just plays to someone who organizes and then that has helped feed into you know my professional career and stuff and my self-motivation and all that absolutely um, that's amazing and uh you know it's, it's like a really mad big part of my life and also it got me really into rugby actually like the sport of rugby because yeah. I'm from Mayo I didn't really yeah, know what rugby was so I yeah. came to Mayo GA was the only thing yeah. not that I knew the rules of that either um yeah. but um, yeah, it was all GAA for me growing up. Yeah. Like, So I only kind of discovered rugby when I came to Dublin and then um, played tag, learned how to play tag, got really got into tag and then started to get into watching rugby. And now I'm mad into rugby and I'm actually winning. I just want to get this on record. <laughs> I'm winning the Fantasy League oh. amongst my friends for wow. the, yeah, for the rugby World Cup. And I'm like only 100 points ahead. So look, touch wood. But uh, there's two rounds left and fingers crossed. Hmm. I lost out on the last one, but this is the first one. I'm, I look like I might do it. Amazing. Um, Claire, <laughs> what I might do is if you can send me a link to that tag rugby thing or something that people can Absolutely. check out. Yeah, yeah. I'll put it in the description of the episode. So if people are listening, check out the description of the episode and you can find out more. Yeah, about I'll it. send you the website and the Instagram. And I would say just follow it on Instagram and they're constantly posting about like what leagues are available, what opportunities are there. Nice. Um, they seem to, yeah, be very, they're very active on Instagram. But I'll send you the website as well, no problem. Nice. Claire, thank you so much. No worries. Yeah, boom. There you go. <laughs> Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. 
Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.